Good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you. I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 428. This is a continuation of my series, breaking down every episode of the Tom Brady docuseries, Man in the Arena. This is about episode five, No Guarantees. Now, I hesitate to say what I'm about to say, but I do believe this will be the shortest episode in this entire series. This, you know, we're five episodes in. There's five more ahead. I think that the next five episodes are amazing. I can't wait for them. Uh, and I hesitate to say that because I know that I feel like every time I say I don't have a lot to say or this will be a short episode, it's always not true. So we'll see. We'll see how this goes. But uh, to me, and it's it's no fault of the people making the docuseries. In fact, I actually got to sit down and talk to the CEO of Religion of Sports, Amit Sankaran, who, you know, they made this docuseries. That's pretty cool. Uh, and it's not their fault. I think the subject matter of this particular episode is probably the least interesting. Uh, and it's, I don't know, least interesting is wrong, least compelling. So for me, uh, I'm a huge Tom Brady fan. Um, I'm also, I, 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 hate, I can't not acknowledge this. I'm going through a hard time in my life. And so watching an episode about somebody losing isn't exactly fun right and I thought watching the story of the Patriots losing in the 2007 Super Bowl to um the Giants was it made a lot of sense it's very they're 18 and 0 going in that's a crazy story I want to hear that there's not really a crazy reason for this loss I mean it's not like there was a special year that got ruined like I remember watching this just going like with my dad you know we're like uh, as a kid I'm like uh, however old I was when this happened, you know, I, I was like, are they really going to lose to the Giants again? Like, that can't happen. I thought, if anything, this was going to be Tom Brady's revenge against the Giants, and it wasn't. It's kind of weird. Like, Tom Brady never beat Eli Manning in a Super Bowl. And so, um, yeah, man, it, it's it's just not that compelling of a, a story and subject matter to make an episode about. But they had, I mean, they're making one about every all 10 Super Bowls. And I thought it was kind of nice. Like, they... One thing it's different about this episode compared to the other ones, and, and Tom, it's very clear, has tried to highlight people in his life who really helped him. And I think you can see some of the, the clock working behind the scenes. So he had his wife, Giselle Bundeshin, in this episode. He had Wes Welker on this episode. And I think part of that strategically was to, A, give some props to Wes, and B, kind of... Um, tackle the quote Giselle his wife gave after the Super Bowl where she said like someone was heckling her like Eli Manning owns your husband and and Giselle was said something to the effect of like you know well my husband can't catch the ball and can't throw the ball and catch the ball right and people thought she was attacking Wes Welker at a big drop in the Super Bowl and uh I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like people love to take that and go, oh, the wife hates this guy. And it's even worse that Wes Welker eventually left. And I, I forgot Wes never actually won a Super Bowl with the Patriots. He, he won a Super Bowl, ironically, in Denver with Peyton Manning, the other top quarterback at the time. Um, and it's it's cool hearing Wes talk about that because he's like, look, I... I, I wasn't offended. In fact, I kind of agreed with her, right? Like, I, I thought that was the right thing to say because I should have caught that pass. And all, Giselle's offense was she's like, I'm, I'm drinking wine and I'm getting heckled. And, like, it's true. My husband can't catch the ball and throw. And 
Um, I, I think so. I think that's part of why they were included in this episode. Now, this episode did something different. It included a third character. So far, there's been two people and Tom Brady. So three total people on camera talking every episode. This one had four: Tom Brady, Giselle, Wes Welker, and Bill O'Brien, which I I thought was kind of cool because it. I didn't expect to see Bill once they established Wes Welker and Giselle. I'm like, okay, like that's that, perfect, right? Those are the two characters in this episode. And I found it. Oh, Bill's here. And it was really cool because it humanized Bill Belichick in a way I had never seen before. I, I actually, I admit, like I haven't seen a lot of Bill Belichick or Bill, Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien, former Penn State head coach, former Texans head coach, got fired there. Bill O'Brien gets made fun of in the media all the time. And I haven't seen a lot of interviews with him. And I admit, I probably have made fun of him in the past as well. And it was cool to see him on camera sharing his personality and talking and getting a different side of Bill. And I, I have no doubt the reason why Tom Brady included him here in this episode. He's been very strategic. You can tell with every guy and every person he's included to talk on camera. Uh, and to me, Tom Brady wanted to highlight Bill O'Brien, give him props, give him a shout out, kind of lift him up in a way that I think has never been done before. And I'm like, he gave him a lot of credit and, this entire series, again, I, I've said it over and over again, is partially about Tom giving credit to the people who helped him along the way. Now, uh, I think the most compelling quote, and this happened very early on in the episode, Tom Brady says, sometimes the resilient choice is the one that's most difficult. Life isn't easy for any of us, but we get all get the opportunity to choose, and then the insinuation is how we handle adversity, how we handle a loss, and um, you know, Tom Brady was talking about this in relation to coming off of an amazing season in 2007 and then losing to the Giants and then tearing his ACL at week one against Kansas City and having to kind of rebuild everything and, you know, get back to where he once was and taking a year not playing because he's rehabilitating and building a family and marrying Giselle and the big loss that he's talking about there. And that really related to me because I, I think that um, it's sometimes the thing that you have to do is hard and painful, but you still have to do it. And, um, getting through, through that's really difficult. I'm, I'm going through one of those times right now. And it's like, man, I, I, I this is why I say a lot. I, I hope Tom Brady, when he retires, doesn't just retire. I would love to see him work on camera and do, I think it'd be a waste actually, if he did like broadcasting, like Tony Romo. Um, I, I want to see him like doing podcasts or, making stuff i think tom very clearly i think a show with tom brady in some aspect would be great because he clearly has a lot to share about the game he's a master of the game but i think it goes beyond football too i think tom has so much to share and advice to give about life and resilience and about fighting and working hard and i i think there is just such a cacophony of things that tom brady can offer the world with what he has to say and share beyond entertainment value, beyond talking about football. And uh, I hope he does that. I, I you know, I, I got to, I think I, I got to talk to the CEO of religion and sports. I'm like, hey, if you could nudge him in that direction, like he's got a lot of good stuff he can share. And uh, I really appreciated that Giselle Bundchen was in this episode. Uh, Tom Brady's supermodel wife, and in many ways, much more successful than him. Um, it was cool hearing how they met and hearing about how, when they started dating, like she didn't care about football. She didn't understand football. 
she cared about Tom. And that's, I think, crucial to him working. Like, he, he couldn't marry someone who's like, oh, Tom Brady who worships at his feet. And she he needed someone who isn't caught up in the, the mysticism of Tom Brady. The Giselle isn't. She's her own person. And um, it, it's interesting to me. Now, one thing Tom Brady said is that, and also I got to say, Giselle, I was really impressed with her her depth, her answers, things she had to say, uh, seems like a, a perfect partner to help support Tom and, and build the empire they've built. Now, uh, missing a whole year, Tom Brady said, it really helped remind him why he loves the game and how it's it's not just like throwing touchdowns and winning. It's the little moments on the bus and getting to be with your teammates and preparing and competing against himself. And that's actually something Giselle said. She said, you know, Tom loves to compete with himself every day to get better. And uh, Tom gave a great quote saying, my confidence is actually really fragile, right? I, I have to go out and prove it every day, not only to the people around me, to, but even to myself that I can do it. And that's powerful, man. And that, I think that's a great driving force and also a really self-aware acknowledgement. It was also cool to hear Wes Welker say that, you know, he was never a great athlete, right? But he was the kind of guy who worked really hard. And when you start at the bottom, looking up at the NFL, you're like, oh, my gosh, those guys are such amazing athletes. But Wes said, you know, I, I worked every day really, really hard. And if you do that, eventually, when you look at the guys who are amazing and the best athletes in the world and freaks of nature, if you work every day a little bit, you you stack performances. And eventually you're like, oh, my gosh, I passed the freak. He didn't want to work as hard as I did. And that, that's really cool to hear. And. I did wonder, so we, I, I have no doubt Julian Edelman is going to be in this show talking on camera. That that has to happen. Um, and probably about the, the Falcons Super Bowl, I would imagine. But Wes and Tom talk about their great relationship, and I'm sitting there like, what about Julian, right? And it's funny how Tom found two guys with a similar build and similar mindsets and I mean, maybe it's a credit to Julian Edelman. He said I, he looked at Wes Welker and said, I can duplicate what he's doing. And, and that's maybe the, the crucial thing, because I don't know that we get a Julian Edelman without Wes Welker paving the way, setting an example and giving Julian someone to aim for. Um, and I I really liked hearing how Bill O'Brien made an effort to collaborate with Tommy, gave a great quote. He said, if you're a guy who's my way or the highway, you have no chance at coaching Tom Brady because Tom Brady wants to collaborate. He's very creative. He's got a lot to share. Um, and I, I got to be honest, watching Tom talk about his life and his family, it, it was crazy to me because I, I just don't even I, – I struggle so much balancing work and my personal life. And I, I don't understand how entirely how Tom does it. Now, I think what that means is Tom – has no social life, and I don't. I don't have a social. I, I literally just work. But I, I, I look at Tom Brady, and it's amazing. Like he very clearly has football and his family, and those are the only two things he seems to invest any time in. It's amazing, and I. It's it's really a, a testament to him what he does, and that his family allows him to be as dedicated to football as he is. And um, what what he does seems so difficult and and impressive. Now. Uh, one thing that was cool, the, the NFL players lockout happened leading up to the second Super Bowl against the Giants. And I forgot about this, but apparently I, 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 I literally it, it's erased from my mind. I forgot that this even happened. I'm like, oh, yeah, the, the NFL players lockout. Um, 
And during that time, there was no organized team activities. There's no nothing. And Tom Brady went to Boston College, got all his teammates there. They ran their own player-led workouts. And so going into that year, Bill Belichick said, hey, we're going to do something different because there's a lot of teams that probably haven't done anything all offseason. They haven't been running routes. They haven't been throwing. They're probably not in shape. He said, we're going to go no huddle and catch people off guard. We're going to run a high-tempo, fast-paced offense, put a lot of pressure on defenses that are tired, maybe not as organized, and just catch everybody off guard. And that's exactly what they did. They had a great year. Uh, I think they started the year against Miami, if I remember correctly, and just shredded them. And that's when Wes Welker actually had a long 99-yard touchdown against his former team. I, I think that was week one against Miami. And uh, there's also a cool moment. I, I, I had never heard this before where Tom and Bill O'Brien talked about, and it's why do why does Bill O'Brien have to be called Bill? Because I can't just say Bill. If I say Bill, you'll think I mean Bill Belichick. I'm like, dang it. Why? I hate that they have the same name. Um, but Bill O'Brien and Tom Brady just scream at each other. And they do it a couple times. So there's this one moment people really hung on to. And I think it was against Washington. And it's it's funny, like they, they even say in the show, like they fought like brothers. You know, the way that they, they could fight really hard against each other and then immediately turn around two minutes later and be like, hey, so we're, we're running this, right? And just be totally back to where they were. Uh, and they gave Bill O'Brien the name Teapot. I'd never heard of this. Apparently... They had a gigantic teapot that whenever Bill O'Brien would explode with rage, rage and fury and have a, a, a frustrated time, we'll say. They had this massive teapot that they wrote on, like, you know, wrong route or miscoverage or whatever. Like, whatever the reason was, you know, uh, you know shoe untied, whatever, whatever the reason was, right? And they, they had this teapot that after all year, let's imagine my water bottle's teapot, just it was covered with writing you know, and Sharpie, and they, they treated it like the Stanley Cup, this massive little thing that had all the reasons why Bill O'Brien exploded throughout the year. And it's funny, and I love it, and that's I, I just had never heard of that. It's, it's kind of a hilarious little story. So um, the Super Bowl itself in this episode wasn't that compelling here. I mean, they don't talk about it very long, and they, they kind of highlight how, hey, Gronk got hurt, and that led to a play later where Tom threw a deep ball. He kind of forced it to Gronk, but it's a play that Gronk might be able to make in the past, but he, he wasn't a full strength. He had a hurt ankle, basically a broken ankle for the Super Bowl, uh, and uh, got picked off. That really hurt the Patriots, and Wes Welker had a tough drop. Um, and it's interesting to hear Tom talk about how he had a lot of mistakes where— I, I think you got to give credit to Tom. He owns the mistakes he made where he's like, look, I, I missed a lot of throws in this Super Bowl. And this is probably the most missed opportunities we had in any Super Bowl we played in. And that's that's sad. And he talks about how the, there's a lonely moment when you when you lose a Super Bowl and you're just alone. And everyone's around you celebrating and the clock is gone and you kind of go numb. And, um, you know, like that realization – we lost again, and it, this episode is painful because it's about back-to-back episodes with losses in a Super Bowl to the Giants, and there was a lot left on the table in the Super Bowl. There's a lot of things that Tom regrets and wishes he could have done differently or better, um, and I don't really have much more to say. I mean, I, I think I look ahead to the future episodes. I have no doubt uh, the Seattle episode. I, first of all, I can't wait for him to talk about there's this crazy completion down the sideline. I think Javon Curse is who caught it. 
uh, on like the three yard line. Seattle threw this deep ball, got caught. Like it defied gravity, got bobbled, got caught on the goal line. That'll be really fun. And then, of course, Malcolm Butler had an interception in the end zone. So I, I have no doubt Malcolm Butler is going to be on a future episode talking about what happened in that game. And um, I, I, I just leave you with this last thought, which is I, I really hope that Tom does more media because I, I think that um, I, I, I he has a lot to share with the world that's positive and helpful. And um, I, I don't have much more. I mean, I really... I, I there. It, it just, I told you it was going to be short. I think we're like 17 minutes in, something like that. There's not a lot here I have to talk about, but uh, I I love this series and I'm excited for the next episodes and um, I'm not going to force it. That's all I have. I love you. I appreciate you. But um bum, bam, we are done.